Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Because they want us to see exactly what's happening and what they've been witnessing with their own eyes for these past three days. Many of them coming here Saturday night, and they knew that no other soldiers had been here yet. And so they kind of knew uh, an idea of, of what was happening, but but they no one could expect that it would be like this. The horrors that I'm hearing from these these soldiers, uh, as as I mentioned earlier, about 40 babies at least. Were, were taken out on gurneys. Still, right now, they're going house to house, uh, still evacuating dead bodies, killed oh, Israeli citizens. Babies were burned alive. This is Hamas. Babies were beheaded. This is Hamas. That, a news story from I-24 News. Nicole Zedek reporting. That's just some of the story. That's just some of the horror. But there are other parts of the story, and there's a reason I bring them up. A story like uh, this, Colorado State representative by the name of Tim Hernandez, who doesn't see anything wrong with Hamas slaughtering women and children. Finger on the dump button there, producer Jason. And I think it's despicable what they're protesting for and what you are protesting for. And the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What about it? Do you condemn it? I already said. Why can't you say yes? Because I already gave you my answer. You didn't give an answer. And every, I think anybody who watches would understand what your actual position is. All three people that are going to watch your bullshit video wrestle. See, I knew there was something in there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Everybody should watch these videos. Everybody should watch where these politicos are. Women and children slaughtered. What about it? It's quite incredible. You understand where the divide is in the United States. You understand that we are not all believers in a world uh, uh, that we live together in. There are some who want you gone. There are those who want you gone for your religion, and then there's those who want you gone because you're in the way. And if you want to see what the real damage of communism is, the real damage of Marxism is, the real damage of progressivism is, well, there you go. Because I can only guarantee you one thing. That's not a conservative. Not by any stretch. Don't ever tell me there's no difference between the parties. Yes, there is. Maybe not in all the places there needs to be differences, like, for example, spending. Democrats spend and Republicans spend slower. That's not really an acceptable way to go about things, Republicans. But is there a difference in the parties? Yes. The Democratic Party accepts and then supports and protects anti-Semites. They reward the anti-Semites with political victories. They do it all the time. Congressman Steve King says some questionable words and they take away his committee assignments and ended his political career, a guy who was a stalwart in Iowa. There's a difference. 
Democrats won't even say that Ilhan Omar was wrong for her anti-Semitic comments regarding it's all about the Benjamins and Jews have hypnotized, uh, Israel's hypnotized the world. Nope, they wouldn't call her out. They made it a general statement about being opposed to hate. Ilhan Omar is a Jew-hating bigot. I apologize for nothing, and so is Rashida Tlaib, and so, by the way, is Congressman Andre Carson in Indianapolis. Congressman Carson, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, they will not condemn Hamas. They will not condemn Hamas, a terrorist organization filled with murders. But they are not the only ones. This is the statement from Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter grassroots stands in solidarity with our Palestinian family who are currently resisting 57 years of settler colonialism and apartheid. As black people continue the fight to end militarism and mass incarceration in our own communities, let us understand the resistance in Palestine as an attempt to tear down the gates of the world's largest open-air prison. As a radical black organization grounded in abolitionist ideals, we see clear parallels between black and Palestinian people. Uh, uh, the, uh, the Republicans were abolitionists, but maybe uh, they mean it differently. Uh, neither here nor there. Uh, this open-air prison conversation, can we put an end to this as well? Gaza is nothing more than an open-air prison. The Israelis left Gaza, I believe it was 2005. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. 2005, 2006. If Gaza is an open-air prison, it is Hamas that is the warden. These are the facts. It is Hamas that is the enemy. It was 2005. Thank you, Producer Jason. Appreciate that. Hamas controls the situation there because the Palestinians allowed it. And Hamas doesn't give a damn about these people. Two and a half million people crowded into such a small area. Hamas doesn't care. The Israelis are cutting off food and water and electricity. Yes, because Hamas, utilizing that food and water and electricity, planned, plotted, and then executed nearly a thousand Israelis. What did you expect was going to happen? All I know is, in the United States, if a guy has a couple of wives and four extra weapons around, we cut off the electricity, we cut off uh, the water supply, we lay siege to that guy's house, and then we make movies about it called Waco. Ruby Ridge! Are you out of your damn minds? Of course. You let Gaza know you get nothing. And that's what it's going to take to get the terrorists out to the very best of one's ability. You better believe this is a horror show for everybody involved. And yes, innocent Palestinians have died and will die. And the answer is, yeah. Maybe Hamas should not have hated Jews so much that they put these innocent children in the line of fire. But they do, and they did. Don't question what you know to be true. Hamas is the guilty party. 
Israel. I mean, just the idea we're cutting off food and power and water. That means Israel has, with all the attacks that have come from Hamas, continue to make sure that Gaza has food and electricity and water. What are you talking about? What are you even talking about with your crazy? But they're not the only ones engaged in this. Not just some random state rep scumbag in Colorado. Second time this week I've used scumbag. I hope I get that out of my system. That's not really my word. It's it's not. It's just it's just not it's just not my my, my word. It's not what I do. There's a place called Little Palestine, Illinois. Large Palestinian population. This was MSNBC reporting, uh, interviewing some guy who lives there. And for me, it was kind of conflicting because, um, you know, I'm half Palestinian, my mom's half American. So it was like a, it's conflicting for me because you have people in there and innocent bystanders, they'll be involved in it. But at the same time, it's, it's like, you know, what other choice did they have? What other choice did they have? Had to burn the babies alive. Had to behead the babies. Understood. Understood. What other choice did they have? Honestly, I I, I feel bad for the dude. He isn't smart enough to answer these questions. He's got some kind of ritualistic, emotional uh, kind of connection to to the thing and, and doesn't actually know what he's saying. That's different than the group... ISNA, the Islamic Society of North America. Now, I discussed this on my morning show, and I stated very clearly that I understand what having this conversation means. I understand the responses that I can get. And I say to you, without any fear whatsoever, without a moment's hesitation, with no equivocation, but the truth must be told. In Indianapolis... There is a lot, there at least has been, a lot made of the idea that look at all these religions working together and we make sure we have a seat at the table and we gather people around. There's a group called the Jewish Community Relations Council. When I was first introduced to them, I wanted to understand how it worked, tried to be helpful. Man, they wanted nothing to do with me. And then I realized that the person that I was reaching out to, the then executive director, really didn't have what I called uh, uh, a, a compass, that the, the, the function that she was trying to engage was the idea of, aren't we nice? Please don't hate us. As opposed to advocating for a position and pushing thoughts and ideas and most importantly, standing up when needed. That sometimes just because you sit at a table with someone doesn't mean that they like you. I forget where the piece was written. Um, it, but it was the idea, did Israelis really think that a fence would keep them safe? You think about that and you, you start questioning, well, why did the Israelis think that they would be kept safe? Did they think Iron Dome was the only thing that was going to keep them safe? Well, sometimes you can lull yourself into a false sense of security. Oh, we've got Iron Dome. Oh, we've got a fence. It's fine. Meanwhile, the enemy hates you. Stop thinking like you think and start understanding how they think and you'll be more prepared. There is a lesson in here for Israel and let it not be said that I did not share my anger and disgust 
with how they have handled things leading up to this and that heads must roll, jobs must be lost, punishments must be doled out. But let it not be said that I am even more disgusted by the people who think that Hamas is somehow okay. This brings us to the Islamic Society of North America, which is based in Plainfield, Indiana, not too far from where I'm at. They put out a statement that they're deeply saddened by the recent outbreak of war and violence in the Holy Land and Gaza, resulting in the loss of life of hundreds and injury to thousands. They call for an immediate end to the violence and stand in deep solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Palestine who are now witnessing heavy and extensive bombardment of their towns and cities in Gaza. There is no Palestine. So they start with a a, a non-statement meant to diminish the existence of Israel. And it gets worse from there. Furthermore, they write at the Islamic Society of North America, We call on the international community to uphold its duty under the United Nations Charter and aim to bring peace and stability to a conflict that has been raging for decades. We also urge the United States to reconsider its one-sided and unconditional support for Israel, which enables the latter to maintain its occupation and apartheid system with impunity. This apartheid conversation is so disgusting. Israel is not an apartheid state. Not true. No fact. I don't even know how to say it's not true except to say it's not true. It is just something that gets said. It's just this this myth that they've all bought into. These systems of occupation and apartheid, which the Israeli government defends and has maintained for decades, are clear and egregious violations of international law. You realize what's going on here. The Islamic Society of North America will not condemn Hamas. Just like the state rep, just like Ilhan Omar, just like Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis, who will not condemn Hamas. It is unacceptable for us to discuss this conflict while ignoring the root causes of this ongoing crisis, which is the daily and systematic oppression and persecution of millions of Palestinians in their homeland. One cannot expect a way forward without addressing the ongoing blockage of Gaza, the occupation of Palestinian land and property, and the daily human rights abuses perpetuated by Israeli authorities. The land belongs to Israel. Don't care if you like it. The blockage of Gaza has to do with trying to keep Israel safe. Well, a lot of good that did. And oh, by the way, Hamas set the babies on fire. No comment? Isna, no comment from the Islamic Society of North America? When I say to you I knew what this conversation could bring, I know it could bring heat. I know that calling out the Islamic Society of North America can bring issues. But what does one do? How does one engage honestly unless one honestly engages? This is what they wrote. All I did was notice that they do not condemn Hamas, which set the babies on fire. Didn't go after just the IDF. Went after 260 people at a music festival. Shot them dead. Raped the women. Kidnapped the women. Kidnapped the children. Kidnapped the elderly and uses them in human shields. Not one mention of Hamas. I ask you, Indianapolis... All of Indiana, Bloomington, Muncie, I ask you, 
Atlanta, Tulsa, St. Uh, St. Louis, Fort Wayne, South Bend. I ask you, is this a partner in peace? Is this a partner you sit at the table with? When your congressman refuses to denounce Hamas, I ask you, do you support that congressman? Because, well, he's got a D after his name, and that's really what matters. What's the matter? You can't vote for another Democrat? Indianapolis can't vote for another Democrat? Let me go a little bit further. Indianapolis can't vote for another black Democrat? It has to be Andre Carson? You don't think there's a black Democrat in Indianapolis, Indiana, or in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who somehow can also recognize that maybe Hamas shouldn't be setting the babies on fire? Maybe I should say so. The divide is great and violent and horrific. But people are showing you what they really are. And my advice to you is to believe them and then act accordingly. And you might have to say goodbye to some people who you thought were friends and you might have to find a new table to sit at. I'm Tony Katz. The talk shows have been back on the air for a week now. We still don't care, right? That's what I thought. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I'm now curious as to who is watching. Because for, for the gig, um, I, I do keep up with some of the uh, monologues that they do. And every monologue, whether it's Fallon or Kimmel, you know the answer to this already, Colbert or Meyer, it's all Trump all the time. This is all they do. And so I still don't know, is it the ego or the id? I, I, I've never, I'm never good at the, the, the definitions. So ego is the self, especially as distinct from the world and other selves. All right, so that's the definition of the ego, What is the definition of the id? In Freudian theory, the division of the psyche that is totally unconscious and serves as the source of instinctual impulses and demands for immediate satisfaction and primitive needs. All right, so it's the ego. A psychologist could disagree with me. The talk shows are the ego of the network. It is the way in which they communicate to other people within the industry and industry types and elitists to show how decent and good they are and how they're down for the cause of their ideology. That is it. Late night talk on network television exists to virtue signal to other networks and other elitists that they're still one of the good guys. You don't have to worry about me. I'm still a good soldier. Please let me keep my multi-million dollar gig. It is a shield. They don't care about ratings. They don't care about facts. They don't care about anything. They don't. What they care about is signaling to the other people, even at the network, please let me keep my cushy gig. Please let me keep making this money. And of course, the funding continues because they want to be able to show how decent they are. By putting on people who don't worry about funny, they only worry about attacking. And if they happen to hit on funny, that's just dumb luck. 
Riley Gaines got prevented from speaking on a college campus. Again. While that same college campus claims to discuss how important free speech is. We do live in the upside down sometimes. Luckily, we've got each other. This is Tony Katz Today. Riley Gaines was scheduled to speak at Penn State. Isn't that that Happy Valley? Isn't that where Penn State is? Isn't that what they call it? All right. I thought it was. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number. Feel free. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. According to Riley. Now, Riley is the swimmer. And Riley is the one who noticed that Leah Thomas is 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 a man. He is not a she, he is a he. And was competing with women and changing in a women's locker room and no part of that is acceptable at all or in any way. It's just not okay. Of course Riley Gaines was right to take note of it and say this doesn't work. Of course women should be standing up to this bigotry. We have discussed this many times. My thoughts on this have not changed in any way. I support women in sports. I support girls uh, in, in, in sports, and they should be allowed to compete against other women. And women are not men, and men are not women. I just believe in facts. It's, it's very simple. Penn State canceled her speech on something she has dubbed Real Women's Day. It's October 10th. And they symbolize it by utilizing the Roman numerals X slash X. Get it? XX as opposed to XY. Women and men and chromosomes. It's actually very funny. It's very well done. Bravo. Can I get a little just something? for the Thank you, Producer Jason. A little something for the effort right there. Penn State cancels the event. Penn State says this is not true. The event was not canceled, but the deadline for submitting the room reservation was missed. Oh, okay. That must happen to Riley Gaines a lot. While this is happening, the president of Penn State, her name is Neely Bendapudi, B-E-N-D-A-P-U-D-I. That's how I pronounce her last name. I believe I've got that right. Neely Bendapudi. She makes a statement. I have no doubt that we will once again encounter speakers that many will consider controversial, either because their views are not widely held or because a speaker espouses ideas that are actively hateful. Now, what is hateful about saying men are not women and women are not men? Well, nothing. There's nothing hateful about it. If someone takes that as hateful, that is about them. As a statement, it is a fact. Men are not women and women are not men is a fact. Not hateful. Now, let's argue that there was somebody who was hateful. Let's argue that Louis Farrakhan was brought to speak on a college campus. I think he's a disgusting human being. 
college campus can invite them and let them speak. Just like they could invite me. Or just like they could invite, uh, pick somebody else who's on the political right. You say, oh, they're terrible and they're awful. First, I never called anybody a termite. Secondly, I never said Hitler was a very great man. Those are both Louis Farrakhan quotes. I said men are not women and women are not men. And if you think a statement of fact is as harmful as calling Jews termites, chances are you're not a good person. Chances are you really, really, really need some help. As the people would say, you need some Jesus and you need that real quick. Back to the president of Penn State. I share the concern of those who believe the messages spread by some individuals are not only offensive, but deeply hurtful. Don't care. Louis Farrakhan is offensive and his comments could be deeply hurtful. Of course, he has the right to say so. But on college campuses across the country, as we've seen, these students who are not really prepared to be leaders and not prepared to be adults, they think they should be able to shout down the people they don't like because, after all, what they're saying is mean. Good God. Mean things get said all the time. And you know what else gets said very often? False things. Bad ideas. And the reason free speech matters so much, just between you and me, is so we can say, wait, that's not true, or wait, that's a lie. That's the importance. That is the importance of being able to speak up in the public square. Back to the president of Penn State University. And again, I stand in unity with those who condemn such speakers and their rhetoric. You may ask, If so many individuals, including the president of the university, find these speakers so objectionable, why can't we just ban them from our campuses? First, as a public university, Penn State University is bound by the First Amendment. Now, I don't know if she's upset by that. But if you find something unattractive, ugly, hurtful, why are you going? Can't you just go, man, I can't believe they're having that speaker. Uh, I ain't, No, I'm not going to that. Waste my time with that? What's wrong with you? Why in the world would you go? A, a, a speech can happen even if you don't like the speaker. Now, there could be people we find objectionable, and I don't mind concepts of protest. There's something different between protest and shutting someone down, shouting someone down, preventing them from speaking. That is obscene. That's not the sign of a free society or decent society or decent people. And the college students who do that are nothing more than spoiled children who need a talking to. So much of this comes from the idea kids come onto college campuses when they're 18, year old, 18, 18 years old, sorry, and they think they know everything. They think they've got the answer. They know what decency is. They need to be told to sit down and shut up. But the professors don't do that and the adjuncts don't do that. They encourage this kind of behavior, even though it eventually comes back to eat them, because creating the disruption and building the activists who are favor the revolution, that's the job. Not math and not English. But you know this already. Back to the president of Penn State. What does this mean? The First Amendment is the law in our country that protects citizens from government censorship. 
or punishment for speech or ideas that the government does not approve. Without the First Amendment, your access to information would be threatened. Your voice could be censored or silenced, and your internet use could be filtered. We are often asked, why do these speakers have to receive money from funding boards when a student group brings them to campus? Again, remember, student boards are part of our public institution, which means a government-funded entity. And these boards must allocate funding in a manner that is viewpoint neutral. But we don't like their viewpoint, and they shouldn't get money if we don't like it because we know best. I mean, that's the argument, right? That's the argument children make. She sounds a bit, I mean, maybe it's just the way it comes across to me. She sounds a bit despondent. I know I want to prevent these people from coming on campus too, but that constitution forces us to be decent. Rats. The second reason we permit these speakers to come to our campuses is a moral one. For centuries, higher education has fought against censorship, believing that the best way to combat bad ideas is with better ideas, bad speech with more speech. Now that I agree with. I don't know if she meant for me to agree with her, but that I agree with. That is, that is the answer. That is, of course, the answer. It's the same thing when we talk about rights. People want to, oh, we have violence. Take away the Second Amendment rights. Oh, someone says someone harmful. Take away the First Amendment rights. What is this idea that we take away rights that less somehow makes more? More makes more. The only way to confront the evil is to address it. Should I not be able to address it because the color of my skin, the blood that runs through my veins, some thought I might have? I shouldn't be able to address the evil of Hamas, address the evil of elected officials in Washington, D.C., address uh, the, the, the college students who want to sign declarations of their support uh, for, for Hamas and believe that, that clearly they'll state it, that Jews should be, should be gone, Israel should be gone. Students for students for justice for in Palestine is that the name of the group? Whenever you see that students for justice in Palestine, that is a hate group. No, wait, sorry, that is a group that wants Israel to not exist, and those are some hateful sons of guns. Much better. There's no such thing as a hate group. It's like hate speech doesn't exist. Hateful group. That's the way I should have said it. Hateful group. That would be better. Oh, anytime you see all that stuff, students for justice in Palestine. No. Students who want to eradicate Israel and are totally fine with everything Hamas does, including mass murder. That's, a, that's, that's the longer one. doesn't fit as well as on a t-shirt, but uh, sometimes they use that in the meetings as well. We all wish to be on a campus where we are free to express our own beliefs and perspectives. But restricting the speech of one group or individual jeopardizes everyone's rights because the same laws or regulations used to silence bigots can be used to silence you see it started as this my gosh you are condescending and it has turned into listen we don't have a choice but the argument she's making is one it's like yeah yes it protects me 
And in order to protect me, I have to protect somebody else. Freedom is ugly. Liberty is ugly, but it's the best game going. How many students watched this and dismissed it as unacceptable? Dismissed it as, oh, that's nonsense. We should change that. One could argue that what this this president, the school president at Penn State is doing is being dismissive of the Constitution. One could argue that. But I would seriously question the people who think that this is a bad idea. If you hear people saying, oh, it shouldn't be like that, we shouldn't have free speech, that's the enemy no matter their age, no matter if they're related to you, no matter if they sleep under your roof. People who state that we can't have free speech need to be confronted and told that they are wrong without appeasement, including your own children, including that niece or nephew, including that aunt or uncle, including that college professor. They are wrong. No society can thrive with their viewpoint in charge because their viewpoint states that you cannot have a viewpoint. And eventually they will realize that they are not in charge and they will learn that they will not have a viewpoint. I'm thankful for this. And Sarah, let's throw that up at TonyCats.com. People have to watch this. They have to see it for themselves. Because while it starts off as this whiny liberal screed, she doesn't even realize that she's making the argument that is good. She's like apologizing for having to have free speech on the campus of Penn State. I think what you got to apologize for is some of your former coaches. Too soon? Can I get a ruling on that? No? Yes? No? Good? I'm good? Okay, good. Catch it over at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. So I can order a pound of pastrami out of New York and a pound of corned beef. This both coming from Katz's Deli. No, No relation. I can get a half loaf of rye. I can get the sour pickles, the Swiss cheese. I never know why they send the Swiss cheese. It's just a waste of my time. The mustard, the Reuben dressing, the sauerkraut, and two pints of Magnolia's Bakery banana pudding. It's 160 bucks. Do I do it or do I not? Do I do it or do I not? I don't know. Katz's Deli sends me stuff all the time. Like, here, order this. I I ordered once. I ordered a a lot once. And they're like, ha, ha, we got you now, sucker. And so they send me, I don't know, pastrami and corned beef sound good. And I do like a sour pickle. Oh, oh, sour pickles are good. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. There's going to be much talk about a guy by the name of Robert Malley. M-A-L-L-E-Y. Robert Malley, who was President Biden's envoy to Iran. It was Malley who worked with Obama to put together the JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which is the Iran nuclear deal. Well, there was a real question when he was appointed by Biden because this guy is clearly enamored with Iran and clearly has issues, it seems, with Israel. He is under FBI investigation for mishandling classified information. That's the report. This took place... The other day, 
that he was placed on leave after a security clearance was suspended because of this possible mishandling. This mishandling could have involved the possibility not only of sharing things that should not have been shared, all that investigation take place. Remember, they claimed this about Trump, and then there was, they, when Trump showed the Russians stuff about uh, uh, Israel, and then it was like, that didn't happen. And honestly, if you want to go about bringing that charge, feel free. Uh, you bring up every other charge. What am I supposed to do, stop you? Um, as was been reported by Adam Credo over at Washington Free Beacon, Mali had talks with the Chinese Communist Party about restarting nuclear diplomacy with Iran. Which was a very weird thing to do. What was this guy's desire and want? And was he in any way allowing for a um, laxing of, of the sanctions that allowed Iran to get more money? Money may be given to Hamas to engage in a terrorist attack against Israel, murdering 900. And who knows what other attacks these people may have planned. This is Robert Malley. We know only a few things. He was part of the Obama team. He has a long history in progressivism. He's part of uh, the, 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 the Biden team. That the Iranians were thrilled that Mali was appointed to this position as President Biden's envoy to Iran. And he has now been suspended. Possibly mishandling classified and other uh, other information. Robert Malley. Keep an eye on that name. This is Tony Katz today.